This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you for your giving. You know, all this month, our, our series is about So Will I, and we're, we're doing uh, uh, what we call a faith promise. That is, we're asking everyone who, if this is your church, Passion Church is your home church, to be praying all this month because we're going to, uh, at, the, at the end, uh, the last Sunday in February, we're going to uh, receive everybody what everybody said this is what God's saying to me it's not a pledge you're not nobody's going to call you up nobody's going to come you know say pay up you know that's going to be God's job to to work in your heart but we just ask you to pray this month and just whatever God puts on your heart to do on a weekly or monthly basis then you say you know with God as my helper and God supplying it you know this is what I'm going to give don't, we don't want you to give your light bill, don't give your rent, don't give your mortgage, but you pray and listen to God, and God, where God guides, He'll provide. Amen? And He'll speak to you. And I believe that we will, we will be amazed if we will just listen and obey God. We'll be amazed what God will do through us and through the other two campuses to be able to do more in missions than ever before. You know, that song we worship to, 8 billion different expressions of his heart. You know, there's more people alive today than has ever lived in recorded history. What an opportunity. What an opportunity that we have. Today we're going to be talking about So Will I Love. Last week we talked about So Will I Worship. If you miss any of our services, you can go on our our website, mypassion.church. You can click under the Montgomery, pull down under the Montgomery campus, and you'll see the podcast there. Uh, they're free. You can listen to them. You can download them and so forth. And uh, I want to read John 3.16. This is our scripture. And you say, wow, boy, I came to hear something deep. Well, you won't hear anything deeper than this. I mean, this is as deep as it gets. I'm going to read it from the message this morning, a little bit different translation. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son. You can't get any deeper than that, can you? His one and only Son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in Him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. And that's really what we're talking about all this month. Is that we want to see that others can hear what we have heard, that others can receive what we have received, others can experience what we've experienced, that just as we have experienced the love of God in our lives, we want others to be able to experience that love as well. Amen? So will I love. We know this, the Scriptures teach us this, and uh, while you're sitting there, why don't you turn to 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to read that in just a minute. We, we know this, probably most of us learned this early on, but if you don't, this is a real revelation. And for many people, this is still a revelation. And that is this, God is love. He's not a judge. Oh, he's going to, he, he, he carries out judgment, but he's not a judge. That's not who he is. God is love. That's what we want to, we want to, uh, 
everyone to understand, first and foremost, about God. He is love. You don't need to run from God when you mess up. You need to run to God. Amen? Because He's the one that's going to help you. He's the one that's going to forgive you. He's the one that's going to pick you up. He's the one that's going to speak wisdom into your life so that you don't have to stay in that same place. You don't have to stay in that same rut. You don't have to stay in that same pit that you're in. God's love always liberates and lifts us up. Amen? Now, I'm going to read from the NIV. And, uh, oh, hey, Cindy, can I borrow your Amplified there? I love the way this reads. I'll give it right back to you, honey. Let me read this from the Amplified. I'm going to borrow Cindy's here. Listen to this. Verse 4. Love endures long. Now, we said God is love. So we could, where it says love here, we could put God there and we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be changing it, would we? Because God is love. God endures long. Love endures long. Love is patient and kind. God is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful, vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. Oh, get this one. This one gets down home. Love is not rude. That's real practical, isn't it? Unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us. Where's God's love? In us. Does not insist on its own rights in its own way. You know, if the church was living and walking in the love of God, there'd never be a church split. Come on. It'd never be. Two Christians would never get a divorce. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying it's true, isn't it? I never heard somebody say, you know what? I just love you so much, I'm taking you to divorce court. I love you so much, I'm going to leave, you know, and never come back. That just don't make sense, does it? Love is not self-seeking. Oh, yeah, Jesus is right. It is not touchy. Oh, my gosh. You don't even want me to go there as a pastor. Oh, my gosh. Touchy Christians got the thinnest skin in the world. You know, you forget to speak to them. You forget to acknowledge them. You forget to do something just right. And, boy, that's it. They're out of there. Love is not touchy. Don't be touchy. (laughs) It's not fretful. It's not resentful. Oh boy, here we're getting deeper now. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Woo, some of y'all still carry around stuff people did to y'all 20 years ago. Maybe, maybe why you having some ailments. Not necessarily, but it could be. <laughs> it takes no account of the evil done to it. Oh, my gosh. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Wow. Now, you, you think this is deep enough? 
Boy, I'll tell you what. God, this, but listen, this is who God is. This is who God is. This is how God treats you. This is how God interacts with you. This is how God interacts with people who are not even saved. Hello. God so loved the world. He didn't say God so loved the church there. He does love the church. Don't fret. But he didn't say God so loved the church. He says God so loved the world. That's those folks out there, you know, living in sin. Those people we don't want to get near. Come on. Those people that are waking up this morning with a hangover. I used to be one of them. All y'all nice folks, sorry about that. Now, that was a long time ago. That wasn't last week. <laughs> that, was, that was 44 years ago, so that was a long time ago. For some of you, that's your life, a lifetime ago. Everything God does is born out of who He is. Boy, get this, church. This will help you. You want to know something's happened to you? Is this God? Is this the devil? Is, what is it? Everything that God does is born out of who He is. God's not contradicting Himself. He's not loving and then, you know, breaking your leg, killing your kids. Everything God does is born out of who He is. For God so loved, He gave His Son. He saw the world. The world was in darkness and in sin and bound. He saw it. And what did He do? He acted out of who He is. If He was a judge, He would have just wiped it all off and started over again. But He didn't. He said, you know, here's, here's the solution. What's the solution? Love came up with the solution. Justice didn't come up with a solution. Judgment didn't come up with a solution. Love came up with a solution. Aren't you glad? Boy, I am. <laughs> Whew. Talk about heads rolling. Mine would have been one of the first. I sure am glad. Everything he does is born out of who he is. Look in First John over there. Can't talk about love without looking at some of John's stuff. First John 4, 8. Notice what he says here. Whoever does not love does not know God. He didn't say, whoever does not know right theology. Come on. Whoever does not live a perfect life. You know what I mean. Cross every T, dot every I. He didn't say that. He said, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Boy, if we could get this in the church. I'm going to tell you what. You know, we need to learn. I'm talking about not necessarily this church, although we all can grow in love, can't we? But I'm just saying in the church world as a whole, if there's anything we need to grow in, it's love. We need to love one another. Man, you know, the Baptists don't love the Church of Christ. Church of Christ don't like the Methodists. Methodists don't like the Episcopalians. And nobody loves the Catholics. They got all that funny stuff. <laughs> Come on. Man, I'll tell you, some, some, some of the richest fellowship I ever had was with Catholic folks. Full of love. Full of God. Loving Jesus. You say, yeah, but what about all that other stuff? Well, what about all your other stuff? <laughs> You know, a lot of stuff we look at, God, God just looks past that. Isn't that right? 
It just looks past. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know about well. God's love gives birth to his words and his actions. God's love, it always gives birth to his love and his actions. He said, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love. We are to show the love of God. God showed his love through his, what? His words and his actions. How else can we show the love of God except through our words and our actions? Before you get ready to give that person a piece of your mind, think about what love would say. Love would take no account of the wrong done to it. <laughs> Woo, love would just overlook it. Love would forgive. Love would not hold on to a grudge. This is why the Bible says when God forgives your sin, He forgets it. That's, a, that's good advice for you and I. Let go of that thing. Don't hold it. Don't nurse it. Don't rehearse it. Don't hold on to it. It'll just make you bitter. And bitter don't make you better. You ever been around a bitter Christian? Oh, my gosh. Everything in their life is wrong. They've been a victim, victimized. Nothing's worked out for them. Boy, I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you don't walk in love and you see them coming, you almost want to go to the other side of the street, don't you? But we're going to walk in love, aren't we? I said we're going to walk in love, aren't we? <laughs> You're right there. First, first John three eighteen. notice what he says here. He said, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So certainly we want our speech to be words of love, words of grace, don't we? We want to encourage people, we want to lift them up. Sometimes we have to, you know, we have to speak the truth in love. You know that? You know, but here's the thing. Don't speak the truth in legalism. See, when you speak the truth in legalism, that's like having surgery without anesthesia. All I can tell you is, yeah, it's going to do you some good, but boy, is it hurt. But see, when I speak the truth in love, the truth, the love, acts as some anesthesia to go along with the truth that may cut. Hello? But there's a healing bond because I'm not doing it to judge you. I'm doing it to help you. I'm not doing it out of a self-righteous motive. I'm doing it for your good. So even when God corrects us, it's out of what? Love. He don't just knock you in the head and say, that's it. You better straighten up, boy. He's going to give you truth. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you insight. Everything that God is going to do for you and speak to you is for your benefit. Boy, if we could just get that. And if we would let that be our attitude for the people in our relationships. Listen, you don't have to straighten out every sinner at on the job. You don't have to do that. You just got to love them. Yeah, but they may think I agree. Well, what's the difference? Jesus hung out with a certain kind of group for so long, people began to say he was one of them. But here's the thing. You don't have to judge those people. Just love them. Just do what we just read there in 1 Corinthians 13. Just love them. Be patient with them. Forgive them. Be kind to them. 
Take no account of the evil they may do to you. See, this is deeper than you thought it was going to be, isn't it? <laughs> Woo! Now, I'm, listen, this is supernatural we're talking about here. You can't do this in, in the flesh. I tell you, your flesh, man, somebody does you wrong. I told you before I got saved, I had a fuse about that long. If you can't see, there ain't nothing in between my fingers. And I was glad to light the fuse. Boy, I'm telling you what. You do me wrong, it's on. <laughs> I mean, you know, you may get the best of me, but you got to do it. <laughs> it's a job you're going to have to do. That's just the way I was. I was mad at the world. You know, some Christians I know, they still act that way. Don't worry, it's not you. I don't think. No, I'm just kidding. The first real act of love that we see from God is what is giving, isn't it? For God so loved the world, He gave. He gave. He didn't give us cancer. He didn't give us leukemia. He didn't give us, <laughs> you know, a brain tumor. He said, for God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. He gave us a means of salvation, of deliverance, of healing and wholeness, of hope and a future. This is what love gave. What are you giving to the people in your life? Especially the unsaved, what are you giving to them? You giving them your legalism? How they don't measure up? They going straight to hell? Come on. I'll tell you what, if you came around me talking to me like that, I wouldn't want to be around you either. The gospel, the word, the, the term gospel, you know what it means? It means good news. Good news is not you're going to hell. Good news is not God's going to get you, buddy, and get you good. That's not good news. It's not. So God, the first act of real love is giving, taking something of ours and giving it to the object of our love. Isn't that true? You got people in your life, I hope you do, somebody you love. See, one of the first things you want to do what is you want to you want to give, don't you? You want you want to bless them. You want to do something good for them. You want to take something, get something good in your life, and you want to give it to them, don't you? Yeah. And that what love does? That's why I can't understand Christians that won't give. Yeah. I just don't understand that. You know, yeah, you, you know, maybe it's only a nickel you got, but give your nickel. Nobody's judging you on the amount. It's not a, but Paul said over there to the Corinthians, he said, he said, God's not looking at, you know, what you don't have to give. He's looking at, you know, what are you doing with what you do have? Love wants to give. You know, see, see, I, you, we used to talk about this. Now, don't, don't get upset now. I'm about to mention something, you, you know, most people don't mention in church. Hold on to your seat there. But we used to say this sometime we're shopping around that we, we have a champagne taste with a beer budget. Anybody understand what that is? Okay. Yeah, I said it in church. You know, that, that was this, is that my desire to give exceeded my ability to give, but I wanted to give it if I could. Isn't that right? I wanted to give my best. And that's what love is. That's what God's love is. And God gave His best, didn't He? So if we say we love God, but it's just empty words, I'm telling you what, the Scripture says, don't, let's don't just love, say it with empty words, but let's do it with truth, 
with action, with deeds, with words. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Give them something that they need or desire. And you know this, love asks, what can I do for God before I'm asking, what can God do for me? I know this is true. When I got saved, man, I'm, before I got saved, I mean, it was, I, was out for, I was looking out for number one. You know what I mean? That's just the way I was. Nobody, I've been kicked and cussed and fussed and knocked around all my life. And boy, I got big enough. I said, this is it, buddy. I'm looking out for me. That's all, man. That was it. Now, I got mine. You get yours best way you can. Tough luck. You better not put your hand on mine. Draw back a nub. I mean, that was just my attitude. But when I got saved, all of a sudden, I wanted to do something for God. Man, I love God so much. He forgave me so much. I wanted to do something for Him. I didn't have a clue. I didn't know anything about church and Bible and all that stuff. I, I just knew. I just loved God. I wanted to do something for Him. I just wanted to do something for Him. And I know you feel that way too, don't you? We want to do something for those we love. And because we love God, the Bible says, because what? He first loved us. Isn't that right? Because He loved us so much. We looked last week. Remember Luke 7? Remember the woman? We talked about so will I worship, and we looked at the picture of worship there in Luke 7 where, you know, the woman, the Bible says, who lived a sinful life, as if all the others hadn't. But anyway, she said she came in, remember that? Jesus was in the Pharisee's house, and he was, he was eating there with him. And she began, to, she began to weep. She was just so overcome with the love of God that was in Jesus, the love of Jesus. She began to weep and wash his, wash his feet with her hair. Boy, then she broke open the alabaster box, you know, and the perfume and everything, and she, she, began, to, and, and she began to kiss his feet. And all the Pharisee could think was, Don't he, doesn't he know what kind of woman this is? That's what, that's what religion will do for you. That's what legalism does. Legalism wants to parse everything out. Well, I'll help you if you deserve it, but if you don't deserve it, forget it. Boy, aren't you glad love's not that way? That's not love. Might be justice, but it's not love. Because if God gave us what we deserved, isn't that true? Love asks, what can I do for God? And that's what we're thinking about this month when we talk about so will I. If God loved us, if God forgave us so much, if He, He was such a giver, the Bible uses this term that he lavished on us. Turn over to 1 Corinthians, I mean, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look over there. He lavished on us. When he forgave us, when he made us sons and daughters of God, children of God, the Bible says, here's the, the Greek says, he lavished his grace and his mercy on us. He lavished his love on us. Lavish means generous, luxurious. Almost to the point of wasteful. He lavished it. He didn't dole it out with an eyedropper. Well, well, that wasn't even a little bit more. No, he lavished it on us. I remember there was an evangelist years ago. Some of you may remember him, R. W. Schombach. Anybody remember R. W. Schombach? Boy, R.W., man, you know, he had some of the most amazing, I'm sure you can still find some of his stuff on YouTube, some of the most amazing miracles. I mean, just incredible. But I remember how, you know, how he anoints with oil. Now, when I anoint with oil, I've got my little anointing 
bottle right there, you know, and I anoint you with oil. But, buddy, Brother Schombach, he lavished it. <laughs> I, mean, he'd, I mean, he would. He'd get a whole handful. Wham! <laughs> he lavished it on that, That's the difference. You know, when, when, and, and you know, when they would anoint the high priest, they would pour, they would start pouring the anointing oil on the top of his head, and they would keep pouring it until it went all the way down and dripped off this, his robe and off his feet onto the ground. Now, that's how the picture that God says he's lavished his grace. He's lavished his love on you. Ephesians 1. It is good, isn't it? Let's, let's, let's pick it up. I know I, on my notes I got verse 7, but let's go back to f- verse 4. For he chose us. Boy, hallelujah. Aren't you glad he chose you? He chose us in him before the creation of the world. Boy, you talk about God having a plan. To be holy and blameless in his sight. That's who you are. In love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure. You know what? It was God's pleasure to save you. God wasn't like, doggone, I guess I'll save Michael. I don't really want to, but... Aren't you glad it was His pleasure, brother? Man, I can't grasp it. I don't understand why it would be his pleasure for him to save me, but I'm glad it was. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely lavished on us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Oh, hallelujah. I just about took off there. <laughs> Woo, he la- it's like the anointing oil. It's just, it, he didn't just put, he didn't just, doink, he poured it on. It ran down, 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 down. It covered every square inch, every part, every facet of your life. He loved us. He lavished it on us. Woo, man, oh, man, oh, man. Woo. Hallelujah. God so loved, so will I. So will I. You know, the good thing is, because God lavished it on us, we've got plenty to give away. He didn't give you a thimble full. <laughs> Listen, if God so loved us, then so will I. How will I? God yearns. How can I do something for God? God yearns for those far from Him to know Him. We know that, don't we? God says, God so loved the world. Boy, I'm glad He didn't say God so loved the, you know, the, the black people or God so loved the white people or God so loved the yellow people or the red people or He, he just included one little group there. It says, God so loved the world. Whew, that's big. Eight billion people. That's big. That's great. That's how big our God is. 
Do you know, if people just would hear and believe it, God is so big, His love and His salvation is so big, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. Uh, you know, every person on the planet that's not born again could be born again today. God don't have to get a few people saved every day. <laughs> he can get them all saved. It's, it's, you know, it's us doing our job, isn't it? And it begins with what? Allowing His love that's lavished on us to motivate us to do for God. You know, uh, have you ever met people that was hard to love? Me and two people other. You know, I, I used to struggle with that. God so loved the world. I said, you know, God, I don't know if I love it. It's hard to love these people. They're different from me. They look different from me. They talk different from me. They smell different from me. I remember the first time I was in a third world country and got on a, a bus. You know, you know, and it was a bus made for about 40 and they had 80 on it. And, you know, and, and again, you know, it's, you know, and it was in a warm climate. <laughs> wow. I mean, that was different. You know, the <laughs> first time out of the country, you're like, wow. You could break me in a little bit. Let me go to England first, Lord. But, you know, people are different from us. And even here in our, even here in the South, people are different from us, aren't they? We're not the same. We're different. We have different backgrounds. All kind of things that make us different. Sometimes, you know, in our natural, it's, it's hard to love people. But you know what? I do it for people because I love God. And God loves them. So even when I, I might in my natural self find it hard to love certain people because I love God and God loves them, it enables me to love them. We want them to experience that amazing grace, don't we? To experience a peace of forgiveness. Romans 5.1 says this, he said, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Well, you know, if there's anything I think the world w wants, it's peace, isn't it? I mean, it's better to have peace than to have money. It's better to have peace than to have a big house. It's better to have peace than to wear the latest fashions. If you've never been tormented, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you. The greatest battles that's ever been fought, they weren't fought on land and air. They were fought in the human heart. They were fought in the, in the mind, the battlegrounds, in the night seasons when it's just you. Some of you nodding your head, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, I know you don't because I know all the devils is over at my house. So y'all got it made. No? <laughs> Plenty to go around, huh? But peace. Peace. Yeah, man, I remember when, when I got saved, that was the first thing I noticed. I thought, I didn't know how to lay. I just, wow, this is great. Wow, this is great. Uh, peace. I used to have to try to smoke something to get this. Come on. 
Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Y'all so innocent. And that was back before it was legal. They used to lock you up for that. Now, you know, it's, you know, people are making a living on it. But that's another topic altogether. <laughs> but, man, I had this peace. I thought, this is great. I, I, I didn't even have to go, you know, to the pusher's house. I didn't have to go to the dealer. That's what we used to call him, the dealer. And, he, you know, he wasn't dealing cards. <laughs> I know some of y'all go to the casino. That's a dealer. This is a different kind of dealer. He was dealing drugs. Just in case you don't know what I'm talking about. You know. And, you know, we, we used to go and, and a sheet of paper, was it eight and a half by 11 like this? They'd soak it in blotter acid because acid was liquid. They'd soak it in this. It, it, it might be LSD. They would soak it, and we we go, and you know, and and a little bitty bitty piece of that would be what you would take if you took it much more than that, you'd OD. So you know how much that was. My tongue's through. Mike, you were there when they were. I didn't know him back then, but he was he was in he was at the same ditch. He was just I was on one end, he's on the other. <laughs> Oh, you holy people, I'm telling you. I saw our brother, he said, to whom much is forgiven, they love much. Isn't that right? But the experience of peace of sins forgiven, isn't that true? And to know the fellowship, the fellowship of his spirit. Look in 1 John right there. If you haven't turned back, if you're still there, I'm going to get back over there. 1 John 3, listen to this. Getting anything out of this? Listen to this, verse 1. See what great love the Father, here it is again, has lavished on us. Ooh, I love that word lavish. Opulent. Luxurious. Over the top. That we should be called the children of God. Fellowship with him, the fellowship of his spirit, Paul talked about in Philippians. He said, I want to know him. I want to know him. And see, this is this is what, you know, we who have embraced this love, who this love has come to us, we want to take it because we love God, we want to give it away to others. That's why we've got all these names down here. They represent our our family members, our neighbors, our co-workers. Our in-laws, our outlaws, those that are very different from us, racist. Woo, getting down to it now. Might be some white folk in here you're praying for. White folks, there might be some black folks in here you're praying for. Well, we can't talk like this in church, can we, doctor? We need to sometimes, though, don't we? Thank you, doctor. You're with me, aren't you? <laughs> see, I, I'm not. See, the see people have tried to politicize this. It's not a political thing. It's a love thing. It's a sin thing. That's all it is. And if we get the love of God in people's hearts, that'll cure practically everything. Division, racism, inequality. 
Come on. Oh. It's got to start with us, doesn't it? So will I. Love compels us to action. Turn over to 2 Corinthians real quickly. I've got to start closing here. My time's running down. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Love compels us to action, doesn't it? Two things. The Bible says three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. Isn't that right? And the grace of these is love. Faith and love always compel us to action. James said that, didn't he? He said, don't tell me you got faith and you sit down on your backside. I'm, he didn't exactly say that. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but he said, he said, if you've got faith, he said, he said, faith without works, without corresponding action would be a better translation. Faith without a corresponding action is dead. Well, love without a corresponding action is also dead. Faith compels us to act, doesn't it? It compels us to pray. It compels us to witness. It compels us to give. It compels us to forgive. Love compels us into some type of action. Giving of ourselves is where it starts. Here in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is speaking. In verse 2, we're going to pick it up there. He said, in the midst of a very severe trial... Their overflowing joy, he's talking about the church at Corinth, and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Boy, you talk about <laughs> an oxymoron there. He said, out of their extreme poverty, it welled up to extreme generosity. Mm. For I testify, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Wow, that's got to be love, hadn't it? Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Well, I'll tell you, it's rare why I've ever had anybody run me down to give an offering. They, I've never had anybody plead with me, Pastor, please take my money. That's what he's talking about here is money. We're going to see that in just a minute. That's the context of what he's talking about. He's talking about they're receiving, giving to, because they're going to take up an offering to send it to other people, in this case in Jerusalem, but it wasn't going to benefit them. This faith promise we're talking about, giving to missions we're talking about, not one penny is going to benefit you here. Now, see, when you give your tithes and offerings for the local church here, you get some benefit out of that. Got a nice building, it's air conditioned, you're sitting on a chair. I mean, all kind of things we can talk about, children's church and things like that, and that's rightly so. But when you give to missions, when you're giving out of this great love he's talking about here that the, the Corinthian church did, then right here, right now, in this place, it's not going to benefit you at all. Now, that's some love. I'm going to give and feed a child around the world that I will never know. You gave your time. You gave your life. You gave your education. You gave your skill. All those things it took to, 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 to make that money. And you're giving it freely away because you love.
you can see what kind of love was operating these people. He said, they pleaded with Paul. Wow. He said, sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. Wow. Listen, very carefully to this next statement. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. What motivated them? Because they, had, they gave themselves first to the Lord. Have you given yourself to the Lord? Is He first? Is He number one? Then, by the will of God, also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made in the beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace, act of grace, act of grace. Do you know that giving is an act of grace? You know why? Because it's the grace of God that compels us to give because what? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It takes grace to give. I'm telling you, before I got saved, buddy, my money was my money. You know. Now, after we did some of that stuff we talked about, I might let go of some of I'd regret it the next day, though. And it sure wasn't for anything good. But it takes grace to give. Listen, you work hard for your money, don't you? Absolutely, I know you do. You gain it honestly. You worked hard. But you know what? Love compels us. Grace compels us. But since you excel in everything, he said they excel in faith. You excel in speech. You excel in knowledge. And we know they excelled in spiritual gifts because he had to write to them and, and give some correction. Because they came to church and everybody in there had a, a tongue, a prophecy. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. I mean, boy, they were having church. Wouldn't mind if we got back to some of that? Passion church. But I mean, he said, you excel, you're excelling in faith. You're excelling in knowledge. You're excelling in the spiritual gifts, the manifestation. He said, see to it that you excel in this grace also. He said, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. You see this in your Bible now, so you know this is not preacher talk. He said that our giving was a test of the sincerity of our love. Is that what you got out of that? Am I, am, I, am I distorting that, or is that right? That's what he said, wasn't it? And he went on to say, by comparing it to others. Woo! We're not going to do that, but I'm going to tell you what. You know, we, we, each one of us need to really look at this. We talk about, so will I love. As God loved the world, so will I. Mm. You know, uh, Brother Hagin, you know, I went to his Bible school way back when. But, you know, he used to say this. He said, he said uh, if you want to see a great quiet come over to the congregation, he said, just start talking about money or people's kids. He said, there'll be a great, great quiet, great hush. Come on. <laughs> Listen, 
He said, I'm not commending, but I want to test your sincerity by the love, by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, don't you? That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. That's what it's about, isn't it? You say, well, Pastor, I'm not rich. I'm telling you what, it's all a matter of perspective. Come with me to Haiti. You'll look like a millionaire. Amen? Many other places that we could talk about. You know, the places where we're supporting missionaries now. Some places in Africa. Some places in, in the Far East. You know, uh, listen, we know this. Not everything's perfect in our country. Uh, we understand that. But I want to tell you what. We don't make it better by throwing rocks at each other. Do we? But I want to tell you something. With all our problems, if you think, this, you, if you're not real happy here, move to Haiti. Move to Bolivia. Move to Venezuela. You know what? All of a sudden, I think you're going to be thinking, you know what? <laughs> that ain't such a bad place after all. Yeah, I know we got problems. Yeah, I know we do. Nobody's sticking their head in the sand. We're not an ostrich. That's why the Bible commands us to pray. Amen? That's another time. Our time, what can we give? Our time, our talents, and our treasure to those whom God loves. So let me give you some action points here, some things to think about and act upon. For God so loved, so will I. First of all, I would ask everyone in here, have you experienced God's love? If you haven't, you can. Because God's love includes you. If you've never made Jesus Savior and Lord, if you've never received the forgiveness of God and the grace of God so that you can be forgiven, you can have that peace I was talking about, you can have that fellowship and relationship with God that we've been talking about. There's nothing like it. I said there's nothing like it. There's nothing you can shoot up, nothing you can take, nothing you can snort, nothing you can smoke. That can compare to it. Absolutely nothing. So have you experienced God's love? That's the first thing we'd ask. And then secondly, I would ask you, will you reciprocate God's love? Will you reciprocate God's love? What you've received, will you give it to others? Might be those real close by, the oikos, your family members, your household, those that you work with and all on an everyday basis. But also... We have the privilege of being able to reciprocate that love to people all around the globe with the missions that we support. And remember, you can get a list of all of them. They're out there in the lobby, uh, you know, on the counter, out there at reception counter. And you can see all the different mission works that your money is going to and will go to from this faith promise all around the globe, here locally, but also uh, places around the globe, Africa, India, Pakistan the Philippines, Thailand, some places in Europe, and places here. You know, our prison minister here goes into the prison, goes into Julia Tutwiler once a month. And y'all could use some people to go with you, right? Some more people, yeah. 
So see Paulette, raise your hand over there. See Paulette, if you want to go and be part of the prison ministry. But that's just one of them, several. And then finally, will you give back to God by helping those who need Him? And that's what our faith promise is about. Our faith promise is about speaking, praying to God, and listening to what the voice of love says. You know, he may tell you, you know, hey, you know, I want you to give $25 a month. He might tell somebody else, I want you to give $100 a month. Whatever it might be, just whatever, whatever he speaks to you, then we're going to do it. Amen? Because what? We love God. You say, I don't know those people. I know that, but you know God. You love God. You've experienced the love of God. You've experienced the good things. What did Nehemiah say over there on the day when they, you know, when they dedicated the wall and everything? He said, now you drink the sweet and, you know, and you've tasted of the fat. He said, but now he said, uh, go rejoicing, but send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. And that's really what we're talking about doing with the faith promise. Is, is, is sending portions to those who do not have. You know, feeding children. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm telling you, we're going to waste your money by feeding orphans. Clothing them when they're places where they're cold. You know, we're going to give the gospel to places that's not heard before. We're going to build a church house. We're going to plant churches. We're going to do all kinds of things. We're going to visit people in prison. Well, they did wrong. They deserve to be there. Well, that may be so, but, you know, but for the grace of God, that could have been me. Come on. Lord of mercy. Stories I could tell you. B.C., before Christ. Oh, my gosh. So, this month we're asking everyone to begin to pray. Do we have some cards to pass out, the faith promise cards there, brothers? If you've not received a faith promise card and you'd like one, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will give you one. Just raise your hand, keep it up. The faith promise card, it's very simple. Uh, It's just got information, contact information on there. We don't want you to fill it out today. We just want you to take one, put it in your Bible, and just pray this month. Pray and say, God, what would you have me to give? Because whatever God speaks to you to give, He will provide it for you. Okay, and like I said, don't 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 go don't go crazy. I mean, we'd love it if you could supply ten thousand a month. That would just be awesome, you know. But you know, know where your faith's at, know where your budget's at. Pray to God and listen to God. And I would encourage you, you know, be generous. If you get two figures, the the highest figure, the biggest figure, that's God. <laughs> because the flesh don't want to give none of it away. I know you're all holy, so I, I'm different. And so, but just take this card and just pray over it all this month. And then the last Sunday of February, we're going to ask you to just turn them in. And then we're going to all rejoice over what God has spoken to us uh, that He's going to supply for missions this year. And you know, here's the thing it's going to come through you. But I always said this, you know. The pipe that carries the water also gets wet. The pipe that carries the water also gets wet. That's what I mean by that. That when you are generous 
And I believe especially in this way, because this is totally selfless. You're not going to get any benefit out of it. It's not going to pay your, your bill. It's not going to put food on your table. It's not going to help you get the, that nice pair of shoes you wanted or the latest. They're not going to hang that in your closet. You know, it's going to go far away from you. But I do believe this, what the Scriptures say, that what we make happen for others, God will make happen for you. I believe that. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you just bow your heads. Well, I tell you, before we do that, let's pray over our family members here like we usually do before I forget. These represent people that are family members, loved ones, co-workers, neighbors. These are people that, you know, many of them, most, if not most of them, they don't know God. I was there one time. Boy, I tell you, God sent people by me. I could tell you, it was, I know somebody was praying, it was just supernatural. It was absolutely supernatural. I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere. You know, partying, getting high. Come on. I mean, man, hair down to yonder. Oh, my gosh. Talk about a potty mouth. We invented it. We'd, listen, if we couldn't find nobody to fight, we'd fight ourselves. I can remember leaving a, a ball game one night. We just drove out to a field. I mean, there was, a, there was a line of cars. I mean, you could look back and see them still coming. We'd just choose up size and go fight. Hit you in the head with a tire tool, a beer bottle. I had one guy even tried to run over people with the car. Man, I'm telling you, God's mercy and God's grace. Listen, I read over there where Paul said I was the chief as a sinner. I don't know. I might have moved him out of there. <laughs> but I say that not because I'm proud of it. I'm not boasting about it, but I'm boasting about God's love. I'm boasting about God's grace. I'm boasting about what he has done. And you know, and maybe your past wasn't like that, but you know what? You was going to hell just same as me. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. If you didn't know Jesus. Isn't that right? So, you know, we can see these people from the external. That's what I'm saying. But, you, you know, we don't know God's, all that God has planned for them. But we do know he loves them. And, you know, among these might be another Billy Graham, another Reinhard Bonnke. Amen. A Mother Teresa. Who knows but God. Amen. So would you mind just stretch your hand up here just for a moment. Father, all of us together now, Lord, we're praying over these. Lord, these names. Names to us, but people known to you. Lord, you see them. The hairs on their head are numbered by you. 
You know all the days of their life, oh God. You see where they're hurting. You see where they're bound. You see the cry of their heart, Father, when nobody's looking. God, you see them. They're real people made in your image, oh God. Father, by the love of God right now compels us to pray for them, to stand in the gap. Father, we ask that they not perish. Not, not one of these, oh God, will, will go to hell. But Father, everyone will come to know Jesus. Everyone will come to know that grace that you've lavished on us, it will be lavished on them. God, send labors by their path. God, open their hearts, open their minds. Let, let them, may they be receptive like Lydia and Cornelius was. God, move supernaturally to, uh, Father, by your great love and grace, fathers, to save them and deliver them from every work of darkness, from every sin that, that binds them and has bound them. Oh, God, deliver them. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. We stand in the gap for them. We stand in the gap, Lord. We will not let you rest until they are all saved, till they have embraced the love of God and know this grace that we've experienced. Father, thank you. And Lord, use us. Lord, if it's possible, use us. But Lord, if not us, send labors by their path. Send people to, to speak into their life, people to, that will speak grace and will speak words of salvation and, and, and encouragement, oh God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. For God so loved... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.